0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. Hello, my friends, and happy Monday. As you know, I only accept sponsors for this show that I actually use and love, and this month's sponsor is no exception. These episodes are being brought to us by Shine Cosmetics, which is a makeup company that I use every day, and I believe in 100%. I love their high-quality, long-lasting makeup, and I also love what they stand for. They are on a mission to be a positive voice in the beauty industry and to remove sexualization from beauty products. We sometimes don't even think about the names of the colors of our makeup, but they are often things like Vixen, Sexy, Better Than Sex Mascara, Too Faced, etc. And that's very different from the names on the Shine Cosmetics that I have in my drawer. I have my favorite Shine products right here in my hand, and I'm looking at the backs of them, and I have products called Genuine, Timeless, Integrity, and Empowered. Especially if you have teenage girls you're buying makeup for, I know which messaging I want them to read every day and to promote to them. My absolute favorite product with Shine is their Beauty Balm or BB Cream, which is a mix between tinted moisturizer and foundation. It has amazing light and natural coverage as well as SPF 15, which you cannot beat. So to learn more about Shine Cosmetics and check out which of their amazing products are my favorites... You can go to 3 and 30 podcastcom forward slash shine, and anytime you make a purchase with them, use the code 3 and 30 for 10% off. These would make awesome stocking stuffers or teacher or friend gifts this holiday season, so use the code 3 and 30 at checkout for 10% off. And now on to today's show, which is a replay of an episode that originally aired a year and a half ago, so if you're a newer listener, you probably missed it. And if you're an older listener, you may find it worthwhile to listen again. People ask me all the time what my favorite episode of 3 and 30 is, and though I could never narrow it down definitively to just one, I have to say that this particular episode always comes to mind as one of my all time favorites. It's an episode that's all about finding gratitude even in the toughest seasons. And that's why I thought it might be a great one to air again on Thanksgiving week, which we're celebrating in the United States this Thursday. I also have to add a a personal note for why I chose this episode this week. The last month has been a bit of a marathon for me. If you follow me on Instagram, you may know that I recently had my sixth kidney stone surgery. Once I finally got that uncomfortable kidney stint out, I found out that my beloved grandmother had passed away. And a few days after that... I had to have a lumbar puncture for some chronic health problems that I deal with. And afterwards, I developed a spinal headache that's made it so that I basically have to stay lying down flat to find any relief. I'm actually lying down flat on my back as I record this introduction. It's just been one of those months, one thing after another. And sometimes life is just like that. Maybe you can relate to this. Sometimes life feels like a marathon. So if you're in a season like that, or if you're not right now, but you may be in the future, this week's episode is for you. This is episode 109, How to Find Gratitude in the Marathon of Motherhood. Welcome to 3 in 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. In college, I ran seven half marathons, and I found exhilaration in the training, and I loved the challenge of race day, but one thing that I thought of every single time I finished one of those races is I cannot imagine turning around and running that distance back And so even then at like the peak of my fitness level, I never wanted to run a marathon because I knew how hard it would be. But today on the podcast, we have a guest who is a friend of mine, a mother of five and a marathon runner. And she and I first connected on Instagram earlier this year When she was training for the Boston Marathon, which if you know anything about running, is a really elite race. You can't just sign up for it. You have to qualify. So she really is an excellent runner. And I got to watch her progress over the months that she was training and sharing her excitement and her ups and downs and rejoice with her after she finished that race. And what struck me the most about her posts on Instagram about this running journey was that they really weren't just about running. They were about life and about undertaking anything hard in life. And so that's why I asked her to come on today. You don't have to be a runner to learn from this episode. You are going to love hearing about these life-changing mantras and perspectives that she learned about in her training as a runner. So I would love to welcome to the podcast Taffy Michaeli. Hi, Taffy. Hi, Rachel. So good to have you here.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here.
0: So I gave a little background of you there. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we dive into the takeaways, I did want to ask you a little bit more about your running journey. I mean, you have five kids, so <laughs> a, a lot yeah. of people might think it would be impossible to run a marathon with five kids. I mean, how did you end up in this place as a runner?
1: Okay. So um, back in high school, I played sports and I ran track a little bit, but I didn't really get into um, a lot of long distance running. But then in college, I just started running for exercise and found that I really loved it. And my third year of college, my sister was living with me and the two of us got this crazy idea that we wanted to run a marathon. And at that point for me, it was just like a bucket list item. I just thought, if I can finish a marathon, Like that, I will feel so amazing. And so we set out to run a marathon and we trained together and we didn't really know much what we were doing, but (laughs) we did it and we both finished. Our goal was to run the whole thing and uh, we both did that. And then in the few years after that, my sister went on to rant, to run um, a few more marathons and qualified for the Boston marathon, but didn't actually go run it. And in the meantime, I got married, started having babies and Um, I didn't run any more marathons at that point. I kept running just as exercise and I would enter a race every now and then. And I did a handful of half marathons, um, through my mothering years. But in the back of my mind, I always thought, you know, if I ever run a marathon again, I'm going to try to qualify for Boston. And if I ever do qualify for the Boston marathon, I'm, I'm going, I'm going (laughs) to go run that thing. (laughs) And, and so when my, uh, fifth baby was two years old, I, had, we we had decided that our family was complete at that point. And so I knew I wasn't going to be going through another pregnancy and nursing babies and stuff. And it just felt like the right time to chase that goal. And so I set the goal and um, found a training plan that worked well for me and my family and uh, went after it. And yeah. so then last fall, I uh, ran, I ran a, the Huntsville Marathon in Utah and qualified for Boston. And it it was so exciting. And but then I had to train again <laughs> for another marathon. And so just yeah. this last spring, um, I did I and I headed to Boston in April and fulfilled that goal of running the Boston Marathon.
0: That is so amazing. And what I love about that story is that your dream was still waiting for you. I think sometimes we feel like, Once we have kids, it's all over, you know, but that, that goal was just on the other side. And it even being a physical goal, like some people might think, well, after I have five kids, there's no way I would be able to run a marathon, but you were still able to do that even after having babies.
1: Yeah. And I I think especially when you have those goals still in mind, you can keep doing little things, you know, I hadn't quit running altogether, um, it just wasn't maybe at the scale that I you know deep down down wanted to try, so yeah it was it was still there for me,
0: yeah, oh, I really love that, and I feel like if people listening to this i mean some people may be runners, but a lot of people won't be, but I feel like that's mm-hmm. so applicable to any Hobby, passion, goal that we have is to keep doing little things throughout our mothering years. And then Mm -hmm. in a different stage, we might really be able to dig in deep to those goals. And it sounds like you have learned so much about life from running. And that's why I invited you on. I've loved your takeaways that you've shared on your Instagram account, which isn't really a running account so much as just a life account. Um, And I was wondering if you could share three of the mantras that you use when you run or lessons that you've learned when you run to get through the marathon of motherhood or of life.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, So the first one is to notice the tailwinds. A couple years ago, I heard about a study while listening to a podcast. I love podcasts. And I heard about Um, a couple psychologists noticed this trend in human behavior where it seems like we have it a little bit harder than the next guy. You know, we think that our parents are a little bit harder on us or our sports team always has the roughest road and things like that. And so they did some studies um, to find out if this was just a perception that they had or if this was something that was really going on. And so after conducting all these studies, they found that as humans, we indeed do tend to think that our own life is a little bit harder than the next guy. Mm-hmm. And they published these findings in a paper and they called it the headwinds, tailwinds, asymmetry. And when I heard about this, this study really resonated with me and made a lot of sense because of my experience with running. I understood what they meant by headwinds and tailwinds. And um, where I live in Wyoming, it is really windy. We have a yeah. lot of windy days. And so I have, you know, over the course of years, spent a lot of time running in the wind. And so a headwind is when you're running like straight into the wind. The wind is blowing at you. Against you. And then, yes, against you. And whereas a tailwind is when the wind is coming from behind you and blowing in the same direction that you're running
0: and, mm-hmm. and kind of pushing I, you along, right? Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. And so uh, there's been many times I've been out on a run and I feel like, wow, I am really doing well here. I, this is a good day. My pace is nice and fast. It feels so easy. And then I turn around and I <laughs> realize that what was really going on wasn't me so much. It was that I had a tailwind because now I'm into the headwind that... I didn't realize was there. And so we're so aware, like even if there's just a little headwind, I know it. Mm -hmm. And, um, but we're not as aware of the tailwinds. And this is true for us in life and in motherhood too. I think it's so easy to notice all the things that are kind of hard, the things that seem to not be going right or going well for us. And, Mm -hmm. but we're less aware of all the things that are making it easier and actually helping us along the way.
0: Pushing us along and yes. giving us that wind to, you know, I want to say the wind beneath our wings That sounds So corny, <laughs> but all the things that are, that are aiding us along our journey, we don't notice those as much as the things that are hard that are pushing against us. This yeah. is so true. And I've heard you talk about how this came into play in, specifically in your experience in, in the Boston Marathon. So can you talk a little bit about what the weather was like that day in yeah. Boston?
1: Yeah. So about a week before the marathon, I started checking the weather. Um, because, you know, if you're going to go out and run for 26 miles, it's nice if the weather is nice. And, um, it, it wasn't going to be, and I was getting a little worried about this and I thought, well, maybe it'll change, you know, sometimes forecasts change as it gets closer. And I just kind of kept that hope alive. But finally the night before the race, um, the forecast I, I knew was right at that point, wasn't going to change and the high or, or the temperature during the race was going to top out maybe at 40. Oh. And, um, <laughs> It was going to rain, 100% chance of rain the entire way. It wasn't going to ever let up. And we were going to have a headwind. We were going to be running into a wind about 30 mile an hour Mm -hmm. headwind. And of course, that didn't sound fun to me. And I thought, like, are you kidding? I've waited all these years to come run this race. And this is the experience that I'm going to have, you know? Mm -hmm. And as I was kind of just sitting there in my hotel that night, pouting a little bit about what the weather was going to be, I had this little prompting that said, pay attention to the tailwinds. And I knew it wasn't about literal tailwinds because there weren't going to be any. Mm. And I understood what it meant. There were so many things that had gotten me to that point that had helped me on the journey to reach that goal. And so I made a plan. I like to have a mental strategy during a race, and I really had none at that point except survive. And and I was able to make a a mental strategy, I guess, that for every mile of the race, I was going to focus on one tailwind, one thing that had gotten me there, that had helped me along the way that maybe I hadn't paid attention to, hadn't really noticed. And as I did that throughout the course of the race, it absolutely made that experience for me. Mm. Like I, I just didn't notice the rain and the wind nearly as bad as what it said. I, I watched videos after and heard other people talk about the experience after and I was like, what? That looks so much more horrible. That sounds more way more horrible than what I experienced. <laughs> and I and I really think that it was because of the focus on the gratitude, the focus on everything that helped me along just, I didn't notice it so bad. It wasn't so bad.
0: <laughs> and I love this, that you actually had a marker, like a trigger mm-hmm. that reminded you to be grateful that, you know, every time you saw that mile marker, you thought of one more blessing that had gotten you to Boston. Yes. Um, and I feel like moms could definitely do this in our lives. Like even if it's just a gratitude journal at the end of the night or, whatever it might be, but to have little triggers and rituals and routines that remind us to maybe stop focusing so much on the headwinds that are slowing us down or making things hard in our motherhood. But think about those tailwinds. So what are some of the specific things that you listed off as you were running?
1: Okay. So (laughs) there were some strange ones that came to mind, but I At one point, looked down and noticed my shoes. They were wet at that point, but I, I thought, Oh my gosh, shoe technology, like who came up with this? I, I'm grateful for these people I've never met that came up with better and better shoes for runners Mm. so that we can protect our feet through all of that. Because, you know, had I tried to do that, you know, 50 years ago, I'm sure there weren't the right shoes for it. Mm. Um, and then maybe a little bit more obvious ones. But one I thought of my husband is a rancher. And he was able to take my little kids a lot of days in the mornings when I would go out on long runs. And, and that helped me in my training so much. And I was just so grateful for, you know, just the little things that maybe I had taken for granted.
0: Yeah. Well, that is beautiful and so inspiring. I I feel like that Alone is that that that's a great podcast right there. Just notice the tailwinds, <laughs> but there's yeah. more. You have more. Um, <laughs> I do. What is your second takeaway?
1: Okay, my second take takeaway is to look up, and this came to me. Uh, several years ago before I was training for the marathon, but I was out uh, working toward a half marathon and I was on a longer run and I was really focused on my pace. I was wanting to run a faster half marathon. And so I was out on this run focused on my pace and I was doing really well and I was running a loop and um, I was coming up on kind of one of the turns in the loop when I had this little voice say, Hey, look up. And as I did, I looked up and off to my left in my view was the Uinta mountain range. We live about 30 miles from the base of the Uintas. And so we have this just beautiful view of the whole range. And I could not believe I was 45 minutes into the run and that range was in sight the entire time. But I had not even looked up one time. That was Mm -hmm. the first time I'd even taken a look at it. And And then I realized I'm going to be turning here in like a minute and it's going to be behind me. Mm -hmm. I won't be able to see it anymore. And I was so disappointed. Like I missed, I missed out this chance that I could have enjoyed this beauty during my run because I was just so focused on my pace, looking down at the path in front of me. And, and as I made that turn, the voice said, Hey, this is like mothering, look up. Don't get so worried about the problems that are directly in front of you or keeping up that frantic pace. Just look up and pay attention to your kids now while you're mothering and before those years are behind you. Yeah. And it was such a powerful moment for me.
0: Yeah. And the beauty that is that is there, it, it's not like we have to do anything to create it. It's already there. Mm-hmm. If we're just aware of it and we look up at it. I I think nature yes. has so many metaphors for us. <laughs> and another one I read in the Hands Free Mama book um, by Rachel Stafford, she talked about sunsets and how that's... It's a similar idea that one night she was out and she saw this gorgeous sunset and she's like, you're kidding me. This happens every single night. Like <laughs> She's like, I... But normally she's like in her house doing dishes, whatever... And she's yes. like, the, the sunset is happening and I'm not even aware of it. And it's beautiful. And she tied that to mothering as well and said, "This, the, we have these sunset moments that we miss. Like They're happening right in front of us. These interactions between our kids that are beautiful, these moments where they do something that's so funny and cute or whatever. And we just miss it because we're so busy and we just need to look up a little bit and notice those things.
1: Yeah, it is. it is. It's right there. And you know, my first thought after I realized what had happened is, oh, maybe I had, maybe I needed to slow down. Maybe if I wasn't, uh, trying to run such a fast pace, I could have looked up. And then I thought, you know, no, like I, I could have looked up as I was doing it. And I think sometimes, I, I mean, at least for me, there's times in my life when I think, oh, I just want this to slow down. You know, I've got kids from 14 down to three right now and I just we we're going a hundred different directions, and I just think if this could just slow down, I could notice I could notice the beauty I could you know look up and see my kids better but i I've felt that I really don't have to I can take advantage of like little moments where you know even like I'm on the way to piano lesson, but instead of just having my head down going I can visit with that kid and take advantage of that one on one time, and so I think there's ways that we can look up without even having to slow down.
0: Yeah. Uh, that And that's profound because for so many of us, sometimes there's not really an option to slow down, but you don't have to. You can still enjoy yeah. these things even if you haven't. And I can't hear the phrase look up without thinking of Dr. Katie Penry. Um, she was a guest on my podcast earlier in the year and she has what she calls the lookup challenge where she challenges parents to look up from their phones and engage with their kids and it's been the most popular episode on my show by far and i do think that that could be why we're missing a lot of these sunset moments um is because we're down looking at our phones and we're distracted and so if we can just look up from those it will help so much
1: yeah, absolutely, and I loved that episode, by the way, um, and it it inspired me to take some action this summer, and I took a couple weeks just off of social media completely, and it was amazing. I I just felt like I was able to stop worrying about what my life looked like or what anybody else's life looked like, and just look up at the at the beauty of my life.
0: Mm. Yeah. And what is your third takeaway or mantra that you've learned in running? Okay,
1: my third takeaway is to run the mile you were in. Last spring, while I was getting ready for Boston, I had a run that I went out on, and it was my first time running at marathon pace. And so in my marathon training, I spent quite a bit of time running shorter distances at a faster pace or else long runs at a slower pace. And this was my first time just kind of testing out that goal, race, pace. And in the first mile, I just thought, Oh my gosh, this, this is too fast. This is not, I, I don't think I can do this for 10 miles. And I, I finished it though. I finished that first mile right on pace. And I was in the second mile and still had these kind of thoughts running in my head about the future miles. And I started to really panic and thought, I can't keep this up. What am I doing? I need to slow down. And, um, and I had a thought just run the mile you're on. You are doing it right now. Just take it one mile at a time. And so that's what I decided to do. And I thought, you know what, if I crash at the end, I crash, but I'm just, I'm going for it. I'm taking it one mile at a time, doing the best I can. And so mile two, I ran, it was right on pace. Mile three, I just kept focused on mile three and hit the pace. And about seven miles in, I realized like, you know what, I'm doing this. And I've hit every mile right on and I've got three more to go. And I, at that point, had confidence in what I was doing. And it wasn't until I got home that I was able to kind of make this connection that it's the same way for me as a mom. At each phase in my motherhood, you know, when I had little toddlers and babies, there would be people that would warn me about, um, you know, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. Mm -hmm. I know they mean well, but... Focusing like that and thinking that it's only going to get harder doesn't really help me. It doesn't help me be the best kind of mom I can be. And I really just do best if I stay in the mile I'm in.
0: Yeah. And this, I think, can have very far-reaching implications, this mantra. Um, One of my favorite religious sermons that I've heard is called Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread. And it's by um, D. Todd Christofferson and he talks about how there are some trials in life that are daunting because they're they're kind of endless like having a child with a disability that you need to care for for the rest of your life or mm-hmm. having a chronic disease or divorce that's going to affect your family forever Things like that. Um, And he said that if you think that way and you look ahead to the pain, you'll get so overwhelmed and you just have to trust that the Lord provides day by day, that he gives bread day by day and stay in today. And my favorite Mm -hmm. story from that sermon was, um, I think it was his mother had been diagnosed with cancer and had been told that she had to do this many dozen chemotherapy treatments And she did the first couple and was so sick that she said to her mother, I cannot do 20 chemotherapy treatments or whatever it was. I literally cannot. I won't survive it. And her mom said, can you do today's? Just do today's treatment. And that touched me so profoundly. And so if there's anybody out there who's going through one of those trials that, it's daunting when you look ahead. Don't, don't look ahead. Just stay in the mile you're in, run the mile you're in and, um, little blessings will come that will get you through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. And another thing that I have done sometimes as a mom is, is the looking back and, you know, looking back to previous miles doesn't really help me, whether it's looking back, As, like, oh, it was so much better then. It was so much easier then. That's not helpful. But also, I just this week, I sent my uh, second to youngest to kindergarten. And the night before he went to school, I had a little mom breakdown. And, you know, partially just sad that that time with him was over and he was going to be going to school and things were going to be different. But also, just like some regret and some guilt about maybe things I hadn't done as well as the, as I wanted to and and so I was sitting in my room kind of crying about it and I realized you know <laughs> sitting in this guilt and regret about the past isn't going to help me right now in in this next phase Mm-mm. and so you know maybe maybe I got an idea or two from feeling a little guilt like I want to do something differently but if I were to stay in the emotions of, of the guilt and the regret, that's not going to help me. I, I just need to run this new mile that I'm in and do the best that I can right now.
0: Yeah. And you know, you you comforted me with that this week. I I posted <laughs> on Instagram that I feel a lot of regret about the summer and how hard it was yeah. to balance trying to do this podcast and be a full-time stay-at-home mom and how I really felt like my kids had gotten kind of the rond of the deal and watched a lot of TV. And that makes me feel disingenuous as this motherhood podcaster. <laughs> and you commented and said, run the mile you're in with a smiley face because you knew that I, <laughs> that I knew this, that this, we were going to yeah. record this episode together. <laughs> but it's so true. And that was really comforting to me to be reminded of that, that don't sit in the regret I am going to take some time now to journal and write out, okay, these are things I learned. These are things I want to do differently next summer. Mm-hmm. But then just just move forward. Yes, absolutely. Well, Taffy, this has been so insightful. I just love that your passion, your hobby has led to so many insights and revelations about life and trials and motherhood. And I really think that that is true for whatever our interests and hobbies are as mothers that it really is worth leaning into and investing in those things even sometimes they take a little bit of time away from our families that's okay the things that we take away are going to bless our family so much from the lessons we learn from our own passions
1: absolutely i i mean running is fun and the races are fun but honestly like the lessons that i learn from it are Or why I keep at it. I just think that any experience in life, if we're we're not learning from it, it's just kind of wasted.
0: Yeah. Well, can you end by recapping for us your three takeaways? Okay.
1: The first takeaway was to notice the tailwinds. So just pay attention. What are the little things helping you along in life, helping you along in motherhood that maybe we're not aware of? The second one is to look up. Pay attention to the beautiful moments, your kids, while you have the chance before you turn and that, that opportunity is behind you. And then the third one is to run the mile you are in. We can't do anything about the miles ahead and we can't do anything about the miles behind us, but we can always just do the best in the mile that we're in right now.
0: Mm. Thank you, Taffy, so much for coming on and teaching us so much. These lessons are profound. Really, they're life-changing, if we could really remember these three things. And we're just so glad that you gave us some of your time today.
1: Thank you so much, Rachel. It was an honor.
0: As always, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And I wanted to ask a favor of you. If you have found this podcast helpful, if it has blessed your life could you take a couple of minutes and go to the podcast app if you have an iPhone or if you have access to iTunes from a computer and leave a rating and review. I don't ask for these very often. Um, Usually just once every six months or so I ask for ratings and reviews because I don't want to take up valuable time on the podcast asking for that every week, but it really does help the show to grow and reach more people. It makes it so that it's more searchable within podcast apps. It helps sponsors know the good that is coming from the show for the community so that they're more likely to want to support the show. It makes a huge difference as well as I read each and every one and I really take to heart your feedback, both positive and negative. I want to hear it all. I want your honest reviews. They mean the world to me. So if you wouldn't mind taking a couple of minutes as a Thanksgiving gift to me, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. And I also wanted to remind you to go check out Shine Cosmetics, our sponsor this month. I'm pretty sure they're going to have some awesome Black Friday sales. So if you are listening to this on Thanksgiving week, you can always go on Friday to check that out. But go anytime, 3 and 30 podcastcom forward slash shine and support our sponsor. Use the code 3 and 30 for 10% off. I really love you guys and I truly hope you have a fabulous Thanksgiving week with your family. I'm Stacy Ta.
1: And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. And we'd like to invite you to come listen to our podcast, The Whole View. Each week, we follow the science for an in-depth answer to a listener-requested topic related to health and wellness. But we're not your typical health show. We're talking emotional and physical,
0: looking at dozens of scientific studies to support our answers. You might be surprised what the science can tell us. When we share practical tips and embarrassing personal stories, we make sure no one is left thinking perfection is the goal. In fact, this one time at Bandcamp... Not now, Stacy. Oh, right. Sorry. I was about to get on a soapbox again.